morning, good evening, good afternoon, everyone, to wherever you are in the world. You've just tuned into the Thomas and Friends Right on Track podcast, where we go through every TV series episode, all the way from series one right to whenever we're told to stop covering all the Thomas and Friends and Railway series. I'm Connor. I'm Parry. And Denim is still not here. No, Denim has uh, absconded once again. He's still manning the signal box. Uh, blame the signal, man. Yes. If... But I'm sure he's having fun on the Puffing Billy Tourist Railway. Yes, certainly. I'm hoping to actually go there soon and get special behind-the-scenes privileges. But hmm. that's not important, because right now we are going to go through... Four more Series 2 episodes. What are they, Parry? So, the episodes we're looking at in Episode 11 of the Rise on Track podcast are Duck Takes Charge, Percy and Harold, The Runaway, and Percy Takes the Plunge. And as with our last episode, Denim will be popping in every now and then through the magic of editing to provide his own thoughts on each individual episode. Just like now. They don't even know I'm speaking, so they can't hear me. I could say anything I like. Just like that I think season 16 is an underrated season. Shall we jump into our first episode? Or story, rather? No, 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 we shan't. Okay, why why not? Because I want to complain about the episode, like the way that the different episodes are laid out. Oh, yes, please, go. Okay, so, the... I mentioned last episode and how the reason why it may be uh, in that weird way really breaks out the storytelling in different things and I think a brilliant example of this is the introduction of Duck in Duck Takes Charge because he's introduced in what is very much a Percy story indeed it was in the book Percy the Small Engine and then he doesn't get his own trilogy until later on um, when we have got the duck and diesel dynamic. Fun fact, we'll actually be mentioning diesel later in this episode, but keep tuned for that. Mm. But oh. It's worth noting as well, in the original Railway series, Duck didn't really have a big role to play until yeah he got his own book, which was Duck and the Diesel Engine. So True. he was introduced in Percy the Small Engine, he made an appearance in Eight Famous Engines, mm. and then, yes, it wasn't until after that, of course, that... We really got to know Duck. I know, and I feel, again, it's wasted potential, but enough of me complaining. Let's get into the first episode, Duck Takes Charge. That we shall, and in this clip we are being introduced to a new engine on Sir Topham Hatt's Railway. What's your name, asked the Fat Controller. Montague, sir, but I'm usually called Duck. They say I waddle. I don't really, sir. But I like Duck better than Montague. Good. Duck it shall be. And, of course, we heard Percy's whistle at the end there. Duck and Percy very quickly become friends. Percy gets to show Duck all around the station. Yes, they're both green tanker engines. Mm -hmm. Uh, Duck very much being the older and wiser one, but... Duck is a little bit arrogant as well at times, isn't he? Well, we do see that in this episode because after he's introduced to Percy, he's also introduced to the bigger engines being Henry, James and Gordon. (laughs) Yes, taunting him. And Duck says, of course, oh, it doesn't bother me. And then Percy says, well, they do the same thing to me. It's like, do they now? Right, we better put a stop to this. Yes, (laughs) and what happens is that 
Percy and Duck jam, quote-unquote, the turntable just by refusing to get off of it. Mm. Now, in the original story, actually, as we mentioned, it's from the book uh, Percy, Percy the, the Small, Small Engine. Engine. Yes. Uh, they actually just block the way to the sheds. But yeah, in on this one, yes, they sit firmly on the turntable. And it's the second instance of industrial action we've seen in Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends. Yes. Uh, the first one being in Trouble in the Shed, mm. um, in which we saw all the engines complaining about the work, and this time, instead of the engines having issue with the higher-ups, it's more so internal co-worker conflict Mm. uh, with the hierarchy of tender and tank engines. Yes. Now, uh, a big part of this conflict is that the tender engines are much bigger, they're much faster, much stronger, and the tank engines are just small and get in the way. And for that reason, they feel a need to boss them about, essentially. Exactly. However, if the tender engines are bigger and stronger, and Percy is the only one actually on the turntable out the front of the sheds, couldn't... You know, someone just turn the turntable round and then the big engines hop in another berth or push Percy out of the way. Well, they could exactly do that. Just get a big run-up and then bump <laughs> Percy off the turntable and then they've got it all to themselves. And, and he goes through the back wall like the fastest green engine on Sodor. Mm, or much like that episode in season 22, I think it is, with James. Mm. Uh, it's one of the 20s there. Yes, the fastest red engine on Sodor. Yes. With- <laughs> Um, but, of course, we'll get to that at some point in the future. In right the now, far future. Yes. Right now, Duck takes charge. One of the things that really stands out to me in this episode, and it's one of the more prevalent problems in mm. Season 2, is a lack of eyebrows yes. and a lack of teeth. Yes. Yeah, so we see these engines, and they've got their mouths wide open agape, and rather than being filled in with white, as they were in Season 1 and in later seasons, it's just, like, black. So it looks like they had this Avoid. really... This really silly Bob's Burgers-esque smile. You, you know how char- those characters are doing. Yes, yes, yes. I know what you mean. Look, I love Bob's Burgers, but seriously, that's always concerned me how they smile like that. <laughs> um, but with Duck, what's interesting is that his introduction isn't really based off of anything, apart from real-life model railways. So, uh, Reverend Audrey, who wrote Percy the Small Engine and all the other railway series books, as well as first being the original railway consultant for Thomas and Friends, um, what happened was he actually got a model Great Western Railway pannier tank engine, Mm -hmm. which, of course, is Duck's basis. And those things are really common in the UK, Mm. particularly on the old Great Western line. So, we mentioned previously that... Uh, Thomas's basis. I don't think there's a working example of that anymore. And no. Percy is a hodgepodge of all these different engines. But no, Duck, you know, he's got a very common shape. Yes, um, I actually think that Duck is the first engine introduced into the series that is sort of most accurate to his basis. Because Edward, James, Henry, Mark I and II and Gordon, they're all deemed to be sort of experimental, whether it be mm. the bogey wheels they have, whether it be they've been rebuilt. Duck, as you said, is really a common type of tank engine, but um, as the Reverend had this model, Pannier tank engine, what happened, something was a little bit wrong with the wheels. 
So what would happen is that as the model was going along, all of the Reverend's children, such as Christopher Audrey, would say that their engine was waddling. Like, like a, a duck. duck. Yeah. So that's where the name Duck came from, and then Montague was just sort of added as a interesting note as to no one's really gone to be called Duck, so, but it's more of a nickname. Yeah, it's so uh, Montague would be his uh, more professional or Christian name, we shall yes. say. Um, another interesting thing to note is that while the other engines, they have their own paint schemes, Duck, he's still got GWR livery yes. painted onto his side there. And that stays throughout the entire series, mm. and it echoes a lot with much later engines introduced as well, including mm. Ryan mm. in Sora's Legends of the Lost Treasure. Oh, you're forgetting as well Oliver. Yes, mm. and Arthur. Mm-hmm. So... It seems to now be a thing, starting with Duck, that if you choose, you may have your original livery from when you weren't put on an island of magical talking trains. True. Now, you are neglecting somebody in this argument you make about the engines all being experimental. True. Toby. Yes. Dear Toby. What will we do about you? So, Toby, he isn't experimental. Um, However, he... Hasn't really got much of an original livery or anything himself. Oh, that's fair, yes. He, he has... He is probably one of the oldest in the original Steam Team, which is actually... We've now got the complete Steam Team, haven't we? Not quite, because Emily hasn't arrived yet. True, <laughs> but before Emily arrived... Okay, yes, but before Emily, yes, this was... It was, was the eight famous engines. Yes, this was the primary team we saw here. Oh, it's also worth mentioning in that story, though, at the time, there were only eight engines on the Fat yes. Controllers Railway. Yes. Um, oh, we're just throwing out pedantry left, right, and centre here. On Anyways, the... this story, this story. Yes. Um, it has got a few interesting shots, such as a close-up of Duck and... Gordon and Henry blowing steam at him. And then another shot with him, obviously, with the whirly eyes. Yes. You get a brilliant office of the Fat Controller looking out over the yards. Mm. And as the climactic scene, I'd like to put it as uh, Gordon, Henry, James all blow their whistles. And then the Fat Controller comes in and says... Oh, what does he say? Silence. (laughs) Oh, of course. Yes. (laughs) Sorry, I'm usually the person who memorises all the quotes, obviously. I'm not I'm not up to speed today. But... It's fine. It's mm. all good. Mm. Um, but, yes, he does tell Duck and Percy that he's pleased with their work today, but not with their behaviour tonight. And then he turns to James, Henry and Gordon and says, As for you, you made the disturbance. Yes. And um, with Duck's later um, trilogy of, of course, Diesel sort of turning everyone against Duck. I feel that this isn't a good start for Duck. No, this is sort of where the basis for all this antagonism against Duck really manifests itself. Because, yeah, as you say, it's a really poor way of um, arriving on the island. Yes, um, on day one, telling all the engines that have been there for longer than you know the railway better than you, are stronger than you, and trusting the words of the youngest and weakest engine, you decide to disrupt the entire yard? Mm. It, it's 
very peculiar indeed. So, but we should move on and discuss uh, ratings for yes. this episode. Connor, what are you inclined to give this one? Um, I'm inclined to give it a seven. Okay. Um, it's got a really nice story. It's got some fantastic audio balancing and brilliant camera shots. It hasn't got anything too extraordinary, mm-hmm. uh, but it is a solid seven story for Duck's Takes. Okay, know. so that would be my complaint, is that it's not quite extraordinary. I don't think it really provides a lot of exposition as to Duck's character. I mean, at this point in the story, it could be anybody or anyone. True. Yeah, so for that reason, it is a six from me. I think it's time for us to move on now to... Percy and Harold. In this clip here, we hear Percy uh, introducing himself to the Whirlybird himself. One day, Percy stopped at the airfield. Hello, said Percy. Who are you? I'm Harold, said the helicopter. Who are you? I'm Percy. What whirly great arms you've got. They're nice arms, said Harold. I can hover like a bird. Don't you wish you could hover? Certainly not. I like my rails, thank you. I think railways are slow, said Harold. They're not much use and quite out of date. He whirled his arms and buzzed away. We're going to keep playing this clip for you. Yes. Because this music is just fabulous. Isn't it? I mean, that is just so majestic, that fanfare. Brilliant. I love Harold's theme. It is mind-blowing. And I love the voice Ringo gives Harold. Mm, and it's a voice that would be carried over from season three onwards when Michael Angelus took over. That sort of RAF voice where they talk like this. Jolly yes. ho, sir. Telly ho. <laughs> oh, off we are. No. Um, but uh, Percy and Harold, or Percy proves a point for American releases. What happens is Percy is helping out at the harbour. When what happens is, as he's working, there's a big, loud, whirly bird noise going on that really annoys him. Mm, More than any of the other aircraft noises that he hears. Yes, because, of course, um, near um, on Fafaqua Branch Line Mm. um, is Dryor Station and Dryor Airfield, which is right next to it, and that is, of course, where Harold lives. And... One day, of course, they meet, and very much on how Terence and Thomas had a tiny bit of a conflict, such as, you know, railways and wheels, and the same with Bertie as well, Harold and Percy are now having a bit of a race. Mm, But Harold sort of admonishes the railway line, rather than... Uh, Terence and Bertie are just like, oh, I don't need the railway. He's like, what would I need the railway for? Whereas he's like, it's slow and out of date. How, how, how could you travel on such an antiquated piece of equipment? I know. And that's one thing with Harold that I really wish they brought back. Because his character is now very much in the modern day series. Tally-ho. Oh, I'm off to help someone now. Mm. But I actually prefer that, actually, how there's that more helpful side of Harold. Oh, I, I enjoy the helpful side. However, I do want that arrogance in him every now and again. I want him to not be perfect. Mm. Um, but, of course, what happens is that they have a race with a helicopter flying what 
is not a straight line, which you would think if you're a flying helicopter, you'd probably fly in a straight line to your destination. Mind you, that's a fascinating shot, isn't it? So it's sort of got Harold attached to the camera and it's following Percy along the railway line and it's absolutely stunning yes. stuff. Yes, and there's another shot with um, what I dubbed the Season 2 Valley, mm-hmm. which has got Harold flying through the valley and then Percy following behind on the yes. rails. Uh, what's interesting about the Season 2 model of Harold is that it's actually just a flat disc. It is. There are no singular propellers. It's just a disc that rotates around. Hmm. But, of course, in the clip that we saw before, and you, our listeners, couldn't see, we did actually see the helicopter's rotor blades spinning. Um, And then they just change it in between shots. Through the magic of editing. However, somehow, I'm assuming through Harold's horrible flight planning, Percy wins the race. Yes, indeed, Percy does. And as a consequence of Percy's victory, his fireman, who shares a very odd resemblance with the show's narrator, has a song to sing. Said Harold, helicopter to our Percy, you are slow. Your railway is out of date and not much use, you know. But Percy with his stone trucks did the trip in record time. And we beat the helicopter on our old friend's line. That indeed you did. And you know what this means, Connor? This means we get to add another mark to everyone's brand new favourite, Ringo Sings. There we are. So thank you for that pencil, Connor. I'm just going to put in there four right now. Yes, so just for the fourth time in his two-season tenure, Ringo Sings. And honestly, I love that little song that he sings for Percy. Mm. It's a little bit of a plonky jive, and some parts of it aren't in beat at all, but it really seems like a bit of a proper celebration. It really does, yes. And for that matter, the whole music in this episode yes. is absolutely wonderful. I mean, the chase music. That's brilliant. Yeah, and Harold's music. And, of course, we get introduced to Harold, mm. who uh, we'll cover in the next episode that we review. And it's such an amazing little episode. And we get to see some more wonderful sets. Interesting camera shots. Very interesting camera shots. Yeah. Um, story-wise, it very much has, again, got the simple, I don't like you, let's disprove each other. Ooh. Let's have a race, have a race, have a race, let's see. Who is that? Fastest. <laughs> um, I won... But I feel like this episode really does it in a different way. So whilst with Thomas and Bertie, it was very much a arrogance race, mm. I feel like this competition here is very much to prove something. It's not to prove that you're the fastest, but Percy is standing up for his kind and all other engines of the railway and his own branch line. Yes. Which really isn't his, but we'll, we'll, we'll let it slide. <laughs> for the Whirlybird, mm. um, who has been in the wrong in the first place. So instead of an engine being in the wrong, this is actually the first time that a non-rail character has been the main issue, apart from the signalman, um, that... <laughs> 
has caused the conflict in the episode. Hmm. And uh, for that reason, Connor, I'm inclined to give this a 10 out of 10. Really? Yes, I am. I, okay. I'm going to give it an 8 out Ooh. of 10. So, I'm going to admit, I'm unable to give this episode any nostalgia points because I never saw this episode growing up. Oh, you were robbed of a childhood, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I only ever actually saw this episode along the way to the recording studio today to record this podcast. Seriously? I had never seen it before. I had, of course, um, seen little photos of it, but Mm -hmm. I never actually found it something that I should take my interest into watching. And that's something I really regret, because it is a really good episode. Mm. Um, And I've had to try and suppress my oh my, this is an amazing Thomas episode that I'm watching for the first time, or else it would be an 11. Um, but it, I, I feel it certainly is a good 8, and the music has definitely carried it, and sort of Percy's reasoning for his race. Hmm. I reckon if you keep on watching this episode, if you watch it over and over again, then you'll come to appreciate it more. Okay, Connor. okay. I wonder what Denham thinks of it. Let's go to our... Scheduled musical break. Yes. One of our favourite segments here on Riot on Track. I've chosen the song today. It's from the Tugster Intensifiers, who you may or may not have seen on YouTube. And this is his overworld theme remix slash mashup with Super Mario Land. Take it away, Tugster.
Thank you, Tugster, for that. That was the overworld theme from Super Mario Land, mashed up with the Thomas the Tank Engine theme, of and course. music and instruments. Yes, of course, by the Tugster Intensifies. I think it might be time for us to move on to our third episode that we'll be discussing today. Yes, which is from the Christopher Audrey book, more about Thomas the Tank Engine. Which I believe was written specifically for the uh, yes. TV series so they could adapt it. Yes, mm. um, along with Drip Tank, Thomas Percy and the Coal, and a few others. Mm. This is The Runaway. And in the clip we're being introduced to here, Thomas has just come back from the works. works had left Thomas's handbrake very stiff. It made his brakes seem as if they were hard on, when in fact they were not. As a result, he and his coaches often overran the platform. Thomas found this most embarrassing. Gradually, his driver and fireman learned to be extra careful. That indeed they did, but as we later learn, it pays... Not careful enough. It pays to be very careful. Yes. So, uh, the plot of this episode is that Thomas has gone to the works, and the first part of the episode has actually got Duck in it, who was uh, introduced in Duck Takes Charge, Mm. looking after Thomas's branch line and actually having a bit of an interaction with Terence for a little bit. Yes, and we actually do get to see more of uh, Duck's character exposited in this episode because we do find out he's a very well-mannered and gentle engine Mm. and almost at a point where Thomas is jealous of the way he looked after Annie and Clarabelle. Yes, but of course, as Thomas has gone back from the works, his handbrake is a little bit too stiff, which means when it's open, it doesn't stop properly and... It's just a bit of a mess. So then eventually what happens is that one day his driver falls ill mm-hmm. and that means a replacement driver needs to take care of Thomas. So that when Thomas has stopped at a platform, the replacement driver doesn't fully close his handbrake and then Thomas starts moving on his own with out any driver, much like James did before. Yeah, this is, this is the second runaway train we've had in the second series. And yes. how many episodes are we? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten episodes. And we've already had two runaway trains. So at this ratio, or mm. rate rather, you know, we're looking at five runaway trains in this season alone. I know. Which, and of course, we know doesn't happen now with the benefit yes, of hindsight, but... but... then. Also, with uh, Percy Runs Away, he moves without anything either. There are a fair few runaway trains. Mm. And I feel like this is the point when people start to realise how many times you can tell a story about a runaway train. (laughs) True. And how many different ways you can do it. Mm. Which at times doesn't seem like many. So, of course, Thomas is now going down his branch line without anyone there to stop him. He's got Annie Clarabelle behind him, and presumably some passengers in them as well. Well, you would think so, but according to the rest of the episode, the passengers are waiting on the platform because Henry's train hasn't come in yet. Ah, yes, Mm. yes. Now, I will admit, I, again, this is another episode I didn't see until on the way to the studio today. 
Hmm. And I'll get ahead of it now. I didn't see Percy Takes the Plunge either until on the way today. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm that's, serious. That's one of the classic episodes. That's like in every compilation video that you see out there. Yes, and I've seen clips. I know the story mm. by heart, basically. Mm. I've, I've never actually seen it in full myself. Okay, this is a very interesting podcast indeed <laughs> we're going through today, listeners. Um, as for the rest of the plot, uh, essentially Harold is the one who saved the day. Yes. So the, um, what is it, is it a yard manager or something like that? An inspector. An inspector uh, arrives at the platform and there's this brilliant shot where Thomas very, very slowly goes past him on the platform and we see a model figure on there one moment and then by the time Clarabel goes past he's gone yes I don't know how they managed to do that but my guess is they had some kind of wire going out the side of Annie or Clarabel or, or maybe a hook like they had yes, in the, in yeah, the theatres yeah, yeah. A, a hook that was just attached to them via blue tacks that mm. way when he goes by he's just all picked up and moved along mm. dragged by the wire mm. but what is interesting about this episode is that it it's quite a unique episode mm. um, apart from it being another runaway but its inspiration is the exact same as Thomas's train so uh, with Thomas's train um, and this episode the inspiration was the GER jazz service where very frequently a train would leave the platform without Oh, an engine would leave the platform without a train, or a train would leave a platform without a driver. Um, and I really like on how, from the exact same story, uh, we've had two different ones born of it. Mm. And it's kind of curious, though, how that same mistake could happen continuously on the same line. With the same service. Yes. Blame the signalman. <laughs> But um, Harold has once again come to save the day. And this is the start of Harold's heroic ventures. Of course, later on, he's used to find lost engines and lost tiger moths in haystacks. Dropping hot drinks down to people. Exactly. So there he does start to now get his heroic uh, persona in action where, uh, telly how chaps, we need to go off and save little blue down the line. Um, terrible accent. But... I didn't think it was that bad. Oh, thank you, Parry. <laughs> You're welcome, Connor. No, thank you, Denim, for your obvious comment about my accent. <laughs> but, um, the story. Despite it being a reused story of another runaway train, I feel that it is quite unique in its portrayal, especially with Duck's introduction at the start, uh, running his line, Thomas's sort of fear about stuff going wrong, and then the issue being the driver and the workman uh, being the cause of the conflict. Yes, indeed. So, rankings. I'm kind of torn on this one because... I am as well. Yeah, it's a... I think it's a good story. It's got a fair bit of action slash conflict in mm. there, and but yeah, it's the beginning that really gets me. So it's sort of like this really drawn out 
exposition, I guess you could say. I mean, on the I one agree. hand, we do learn more about Duck. We get to know his character better. But we see Terrence again. We do see Terrence again. But on the other hand, you know, just... Yeah, it really just centers on this one runaway train, and that really doesn't happen until more than halfway through the episode. I definitely agree. And for that, my ranking's going to be a five for this episode. I'm feeling slightly more generous than you, Connor. I'm going to give it a six. A six. At which I've done several times this season already. It's all good. Let us move on now to Percy Takes the Plunge. Now, this is from the... Book, the Reverend Audrey book, Eight Famous Engines, which yes. is a hodgepodge of stories. And in the clip we're going to be seeing here, uh, Thomas and Percy are chatting to each other on the dockside. Thomas was looking at a board on the quay. Danger! We mustn't go past it, he said. That's orders. Why? Danger means falling down something, said Thomas. I went past danger once and fell down a mine. I can't see a mine, said Percy. He didn't know that the foundations of the quay had sunk. The rails now slope downward to the sea. Stupid board, said Percy. Well, Percy, it's there for your own protection, so... <laughs> what, what I find really interesting um, about that little dialogue that we just covered there is Thomas goes, danger means falling down something. In reality, it doesn't, but... It does in this instance. It's a wonderful little coincidence of dialogue. Mm, And that, of course, is referencing the story Down the Mine in the first season where Thomas, of course, fell down a gaping hole in the ground. (laughs) Yes. Um, But the plot of this episode starts off with Percy talking to the yet-to-be-introduced Bill and Ben. It does indeed. And then it has Henry coming in saying, what are you doing here? This is for the Fat Controller's Engines. Uh, which, which, I mean, they're not really the Fat Controller's engines, Bill and Ben. No. They're owned by the Sodor China Clay Company. So I suppose in that sense, Henry... Is correct. Is correct, yes. And as you mentioned, Bill and Ben aren't mentioned by name, but this is the first time we see them. We've also got another reference in here, a throwback to Henry's time being stuck in the tunnel. Yes, when he was afraid of rain. Mm, and he says, you know, that... That's not the case anymore, but no one ever lets me forget it for some reason. Oh, 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 and it also makes reference to another Thomas story, which appeared in Percy the Small Engine, and it's where um, uh, Percy's Promise, I think it's called. Yes, it is. Where he uh, promises to take Annie and Clarabelle home during a freak weather event, and he wades through flood water essentially exactly and that's where harold drops the hot drinks Mm, so and that adaptation wasn't officially put to air until season three yes and and it is a really good episode so i'm looking forward to talking about that one but in the meantime we've only got percy's anecdote to go off i know but this means that this episode takes place after series three Mm, so he should know better by this point. But, of course, there is the possibility that Percy is just being boastful, of Tr- course. True. Mm. By saying a story that is yet to happen in perfect detail. Oh, that's a fair point, yes. It is, but a intriguing... I'm saying intriguing because I've been told off for saying interesting too many times. <laughs> um, an intriguing detail is that in production notes for this episode, it was also planned 
for it to be Donald and Douglas instead of Bill and Ben. Ah, so they're the engines that Percy is chatting to who are not officially part of the Fat Controllers Railway yet. Yes, and I can see where this idea comes from because in the original illustrations in Percy the Small Engine, you see Percy in a turntable talking to... So you mean eight famous engines? Eight famous engines, thank you. Mm. Um, You see Percy talking to all these engines and they all have got the standard BR black Mm. livery, uh, much like Donald and Douglas have the black livery when they're introduced in the TV series and keep in the TV series. Mm. Um, So I can see where they come from. However... They aren't even on the railway yet at the time, so I can see why the twins were put in place instead. Hmm. I can as well. Now, as for the rest of the plot, the plan that Percy hatches is that the trucks bump him past the danger sign so that he can say, hey, look at me, this isn't so dangerous after all. I haven't fallen into anything. And, of course, his plan doesn't work and the trucks push him past the board and into the sea. Yes. Mm where the fish swim around his wheels. And from what I've seen online and the Thomas Tube of Mm -hmm. other remakes, this scene itself has been remade countless times with Percy falling into the water. Mm. Um, And it's even been remade in the TV show as well Mm. for Chucklesome Trucks. Um, And in the original illustrations, actually, the rails don't so much sink into the sea like they do in the TV series, but it's more that they're at the end of a key and Percy's teetering over the edge. Yes, yes. So this definitely seems like more of a dramatic uh, accident with Mm. Percy being actually submerged in the water. Of course, big heavy cranes needing to lift him out and the fat controller being on a barge. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Henry pulling the train that takes Percy away. Yes. So, yeah, it, it all... What comes around goes around. It's all one continuous circle. Now, there is... It, it, this is a really interesting episode. I say mm. interesting tons of times. It's my saying. But we get to see more of the harbour. Mm. We get introduced to Bill and Ben unofficially. Mm. This is our first time we see them. Um, we see real water being used amazingly. Yes. Um, with interaction with the models, apart from, you know, Thomas goes fishing, but that was a large-scale model and mm. a real bucket. But we also are introduced to a third character for a split second. A very, very tiny fraction of a second. So in if you're watching the episode, we're going about uh, four minutes in. Yes. You will see Percy being lifted up out of the water and you'll hear a horn like that. And in the background, you will see Devious Diesel making his very first appearance in Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends. Before he's introduced in the next episode. Um, And what's that next episode, Parry? The next episode, Pop Goes the Diesel. Pop Goes the Diesel. So I really like that that introduction to this saga or ending because we see Diesel's horn and we just see him roll by very quickly. Mm. And I like to think that this was his arrival. He arrived, and that was him leaving? You say that. The, oh, that was him leaving. That's a very, very good point, actually, because um, we see 
when Diesel's introduced in that episode, Percy's with the bigger engines at the shed. Mm. So, yeah, this could be the scene in which Diesel flees the island of Sodor. Yes, and that would make more sense considering Percy's promise taking place before this. Mm. So there is a lot of timeline mix-up. We need some Doctor Who fixing this. Some wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Just don't blink. But (laughs) uh, rankings for this episode. This episode. Now, this was a classic episode for me. It was one of those episodes I watched over and over and over again. Um, I love the sound editing in this one. Again, we get to hear the screeching of engine brakes. We hear the bird noises and harbour noises in the background. But the one thing I can't overcome is Percy's stupidity. How could an engine with this much experience and knowing all the stuff that's happened to him be clumsy enough to trust that the trucks will carry out his plans? Exactly. Yeah, so it's a classic episode, but a rather silly one. I'm going to give this a... Seven and a half out of ten. Seven and a half? But this is the first time I've given a 0.5 score. Right. Yes. You see, I'm not as generous as you. Ooh. At all. Ooh. So, I do enjoy this episode. My initial reaction, due to the story of it, is a four, which mm-hmm. is dramatically low. However, um, they have got brilliant technical wizardry with Percy being, you know, hoisted up in the air, with Percy crashing in the water. And then we've got all the sound mixing, which is done, and with Diesel and Bill and Ben there, Mm -hmm. it raises it to a solid 5.5 for me. Okay. Denim, I... I'm genuinely curious to know what he's scored the episode. Yes, considering on how we're on two polar... Yeah, Polar Officer, is he in between, you know? Yes, only you, the listeners, know. Yes, for now, at least. (laughs) (coughs) Sparkle, sparkle, sparkle. Hello yet again to episode 11 of Right on Track. Sorry I couldn't be there today. I was yet again signalling at the signal box, but I shall be back next episode. But I just wanted to give some thoughts uh, very quickly on uh, the episodes that were reviewed in this podcast. Uh, First of all, Duck Takes Charge. What a fantastic episode. What a great introduction to a solid character, Duck the Great Western Engine. Um, I'm so glad that the first uh, engine he uh, heavily interacts with is Percy. We've seen this evolution um, in the TV show from Series 1. Thomas being the first station pilot, then Percy once uh, Thomas went to go run his branch line, and now it is Duck taking that place as Percy joins Thomas' branch line later on. But I I love um, the continuation of the rivalry uh, between uh, tender engines and tank engines here. Um, I think it's a fantastic uh, introduction character-wise. I think possibly one of the best. and there's a lot of great dialogue in this story, and visually there's just some really nice stuff. I think it also really complements well to Percy and the Signal. It feels like uh, both stories interconnect really nicely. For that reason, I'm going to give it a solid 9 out of 10. And next up, we have Percy and Harold, uh, which is the introduction of none other than Harold the Helicopter. Uh, again, a fantastic episode, uh, quite similar to Thomas and Birdie, but uh, no pun intended, with added height taken to a new level. Um, It's great to see 
Uh, Percy uh, beginning to get a lot more limelight than he was in season one, and uh, he has a a friend uh, that doesn't uh, run on the railway uh, that he gets to interact with himself. Thomas has Bertie, and Percy has Harold. It's uh, a really nice connection that we have here. The, I love the um the race sequence, and we get to hear Ringo sing yet again. Um, definitely another great story, one that I often go back and watch. Um, the action is fantastic. For that reason, I'm also going to give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, so, quack to that. Uh, following on from that, we have The Runaway. A nice continuation from Harold's uh, introduction. Uh, we get to see him uh, fully in action. Uh, Thomas isn't feeling well, but when he returns, uh, things don't stop going awry. Um, we get to see a wonderful runaway sequence um, that I feel like is a little bit cut short, to be honest. I'd like to see that go a little bit longer. But prior to that, we also got to see Duck in action again. That was awesome to see uh, him on Thomas's branch line. But I feel like at this point in the season, the cohesion of uh, the episodes and the order that they go in uh, doesn't gel as well as they did in season one. Season one uh, had the very intentional uh, three or four episode arc, whereas in season two, it's a little bit all over the place. Um, I feel as if uh, the clarity could be improved here. Uh, But I don't think that takes away from the story at all. I think there's uh, a lot of strong points to the story, one being Harold, one being uh, the direction of the runaway, the build-up to it, and uh, just some of the nice establishing shots in this story as well. For that reason, I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. And finally, Percy Takes the Plunge is a fantastic story. I love this episode so much. It's got a wonderful runaway sequence, It's got a wonderful runaway sequence and uh, we get to see the harbour properly, uh, which is fantastic. We also uh, get a sneaky cameo to Diesel, who's yet to be introduced, but we also get a cameo to Bill and Ben uh, for the first time and we don't know who they are yet. I know a lot of fans complain about this, but I kind of like that Bill and Ben are already on the island of the Sodor. They could have been there during Season 1 because it's evident that the Sodor China Clay Company or the Brenham China Clay Company is a separate entity to the North Western Railway um, and is a completely different establishment. So I think this works really well. It kind of helps to build uh, the world of Sodor and make it feel bigger, and I love that. And it's so evident in the set building here. We see that in the quarries. Uh, we see that on Thomas's branch line, and we see that at the harbour. But what I love most is season two, Henry. I think there is a great uh, amount of comedy here, a great amount of uh, backlash uh, when Percy brings up uh, the tunnel incident and then it fires straight back on Percy um, I love this character development and this idea of what goes around comes around and uh, Percy gets his um, unawares here for that reason I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 I'll be back next uh, episode with the boys again but uh, stay tuned uh, for Connor and Parry have some final words to give sparkle 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 but that brings us to the end of episode 11, doesn't it? It does. We have just finished recording our 11th episode of Right on Track, or season 2, part 3, if you will. And in episode 12 slash part 4, 
we will be looking at the Duck and Diesel trilogy, which yes. is Pop Goes to Diesel, uh, Dirty Work, and A Close Shave. Fantastic episodes. Absolutely, they are. Yes, what else do we have to tell our listeners? Well, of course, we've got all our socials. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find this podcast on Omni.fm, principally, but you can also find it on Spotify and iTunes. And Google Podcasts. And Google Podcasts. Let's not forget that. And you can also uh, email us at rightontrack.gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And, of course, as always, we encourage you guys to message us, even if it's just for a chat, you know. If you've got some funny memes to send through, we always love those. Yes, Um, The other week, I put the meme of the chalky milk that we mentioned in the first episode of Series 2, and that has proved to be surprisingly popular. (laughs) It has indeed. Um, So, please, just send through jokes, your ideas, your laughs, what do you enjoy about listening to us what do you enjoy about the episodes that we've discussed do you agree or disagree with our rankings please have you got any fan theories we always love reading those yes definitely i've got a few in the works at the moment which we may see in the future Mm. but until that happens i've been parry i've been connor and that's been denim And this has been the Right on Track podcast. Thank you once more for listening to us, and we'll catch you again soon.